What the fuck are you doing, dumbass? Hello and welcome to episode number 220 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, April 26, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where they're taking Weird Al up on his dare to be stupid mentality. And from America's left coast, where Fox News's ratings are undergoing a rapid unscheduled disassembly. I'm Ryan Bemrose. <laughs> hey, that's right. If it happened to Elon's rocket, the media landscape is an interesting thing. Of course, that's the biggest news since we've last conversed. Tucker Carlson gone. Which one, the the Tucker or the rocket? The well, that happened. I think didn't that happen before we last conversed? Didn't that blow up? I don't know. These things all melt together. I think it was last Thursday, Thursday morning, because you talked with Gene about it, and you know, Gene was of course there. He was. He was actually riding in the rocket. He's that much of a fanboy. He has that little uh, that little flipper thing that took care of the the rocket after it was off the Are, launch wait, pad. Is is he the one that blew yeah. it up? Yeah, that's okay. That was my first text to him after this was. Oh, I guess mission accomplished. What did you do, Ray? Uh huh. <laughs> mission accomplished. I'm like, but did the thing get up? Was it? Did it go long enough for the other thing to be launched into the? You know what? Is that good? Can we? Uh, yeah, you- you know, the thing. Yeah, the thing. The thing within the thing. So, yeah, that happened. And then the Tucker Carlson firing and, well, the Don Lemon firing that nobody cares about except maybe Don Lemon. Well, it's the only thing that they're talking about on Fox News. <laughs> Not that anybody has any reason to list, to watch Fox News anymore. Can you imagine that? I haven't t- tuned in. If Fox News is talking about the firing of Don Lemon while ignoring the elephant in the room of... I yeah. mean, they kind of are. And nice. CNN can only talk about the firing of, of Tucker Carlson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. It was, I thought in, it, I wasn't surprised, but I thought it was in somewhat poor taste and just shows her lack of understanding of the world when Alexandria or Ocasio-Cortez made her, her mouth. Yes. Leave, she made her little video and she's like, ah, Tucker Carlson, he was responsible for all these death threats and let's just say deplatforming works. And I'm thinking Tucker Carlson has not been deplatformed. Make AOC bartend again. That would be a good uh, bumper sticker or T-shirt. I've seen it on a hat. Tucker Carlson, I would be very surprised if he's not back somewhere within a week or two now i know if he's doing something on his own that might take a little more time to to roll that together i'm holding out for him to start a value for value podcast that we can put on the stream Uh, that would be nice i don't see that happening i see he's much more going to go into the glenn beck or he can take the spot that we reserved for pool boy yeah we've been waiting for him but he, he's going to do the Beck or O'Reilly thing, and he's going to go on a monthly subscription, and he's probably going to make a killing because the day after this happened, Bill O'Reilly, who I still watch, came on 
and said he had 700 new paid subscribers that day, which when you're paying <laughs> 60 to 100 bucks or whatever it is now for the year, that's pretty good when you have 700 new ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're almost talking grumpy old Ben's money there. Oh, yeah, almost. Almost. But I they think that says a lot of people went, huh? Um, getting out of what was it called? Fox News Nation. That was their streaming service, which is different than what they have on the cable networks. The Fox News Nation, I believe, was pretty much helmed by a program from Tucker Carlson. That's why people were paying. So the minute he left, everybody that was paying Fox, whatever it was, I'm guessing it's probably around that hundred bucks a year mark, but I don't know. So I could be wrong. But whoever was paying Fox, went well i'm not going to do that anymore who am i going to turn to now for this type of content tell me what off the top of your head what is on fox news other than tucker that's worth going to every day nothing (laughs) i mean i know hannity's still on i can't even tell you who else besides hannity is on the network and while i don't really have any major problems with hannity i don't like his style so i never really watched his show all that much what else is on fox i don't know I don't either. I mean, I admittedly, I don't watch anything on Fox. I don't even watch Tucker on Fox. I wait for the Tucker clips to come out, but somebody is always posting the Tucker clip where I can find it. So I guess the thing that I like it, I've chosen, I don't want to be tribal in any way. I don't want to be on the left. I don't want to be on the right. Now I find myself in the same room with people on the right more often because in the last five years, the left has the whole leftist system has kind of been taken over by insane progressives. And I look at them and I'm like, you've lost your fucking minds. And so I, you know, have to ridicule them. And that makes people always go, well, you're obviously a conservative. Well, no, I am. I align myself with people who think for themselves and are willing to push against the establishment and it's one of the reasons it's the thing i like the most about trump it wasn't had nothing to do with republicanism and it's the thing that i like the most about tucker carlson is that yeah okay he's he's very firmly in the republican camp and yes he only makes fun of democrats most of the time but he also makes fun of authoritarians he also makes fun of jackasses and he isn't afraid to speak his mind which is one of the reasons why i appreciate his program And also, I think the main reason why he's not working there anymore. Well, and the left, you're absolutely right, has gone from somewhat reasonable overall when it came to the people that were in power in the Democrat Party. It has been co-opted now into if you're not in the radical left, you have to go, which may be the reason why that Susan Rice is out as Biden's. policy advisor, domestic policy advisor. At this point, anybody capable of thinking has got to know their days are numbered because independent thought is, is, is selected against in that administration. Yeah. Well, and I really hadn't been following along all that closely. I know Susan Rice is very closely related to the Obamas. I mean, that's her main friendships are with Barack and Michelle Obama. So working in the Biden administration wasn't really a surprise but i didn't realize that even the left was starting to turn on her because she was not all in on the southern border open it up and let everybody in concept oh oh 
That's a career limiting move. Yes, it is. I mean, she dared to even say something. And I covered this on Random Thoughts today. Great show that. Yeah, I've heard of that show. It's a beautiful show. Everybody should listen to it. That, I, you know, usually when it comes on live, I'm not able to listen. That is harder. I mean, it's very hard to catch it live because you actually have to be here in the office with me when it yeah. when it's happening. So it's very, very hard not to that catch that's live. creepy or anything. No, not creepy at all. Like, what are you doing here? I'm here for the show. Oh, how'd you get in? Would you like a drink? How'd you get past the gun sentries? I know that we need more of those. We need more gun sentries to keep the riffraff out. But Audience, you mean Susan Wright. Susan Rice dared to say we need to enforce our laws. And you can't have that in America today. Enforce the laws. Are you crazy? Everything's built upon not enforcing the laws. That's the only way for equity to happen is to not enforce the laws. But they were blaming her because allegedly, and I don't know where these statistics are coming from, but I guess there has been a surge in migrant children being forced into labor in the United States. Now, probably the Republicans, maybe they're they're the ones that are always blamed for child labor. I just didn't really understand the, the whole gist here. It's like, well, isn't the reason that is, is because you have so many people coming in that you can't even follow what's going on. And then they have to work because they don't want to be caught, obviously. So they got to get a job in order to survive because otherwise they're going to live on the street and then probably die. Or they're going to be abducted by, you know, some child molesters because that's what happens. Or, well, you know, there are places actually where just living on the street and living a life of crime is totally viable, like San Francisco. Well, that's what they expect now. You can you can feed yourself through shoplifting. Well, right. And they'll just give you whatever you need because it's un, it's uh, un-American yeah. not to. Right up till the store pulls out of the city. Yeah, they all are. And they all are. So, I mean, at first, before I really was paying attention to what had been going on with Susan Rice, my first thought was, wow, uh, maybe Michelle Obama is throwing her hat into the ring because if she was going to have somebody as her main confidant to go through that process. It would be Susan Rice, and that could make uh, a really good explanation. All speculation, of course, but the timing would fit. No question about it. Or maybe Susan Rice is just like this Obama administration's about to crater like nobody can even imagine, and I don't want to be around to be blamed for it. Either way, it'll be entertaining television to watch, I suppose. It's too bad I don't watch television. I know. Well, but we say television now. We mean videos on YouTube or Rumble. Yeah, well, I I mean listening to podcasts. That too. If it, I do, let's let's be honest. If it's not talked about on a podcast like Grumpy Old Ben's, it's not really news. It's not worth knowing about. And this in is fact, why we we welcome Tucker Carlson to come on the show. Yes, I. In fact, we have an open guest spot. Tucker, are you free next week? Right. Or any we would day. love to have you as a guest on Grumpy Old Ben's. Can you imagine the servers would crash? People would be screaming in the streets. They already are. This is true for all different reasons, <laughs> all different reasons. So, yeah, that was the main uh, rocket explosion in the media world. And really, nobody cares about Don Lemon because he didn't no, have an really. audience. Yeah, I, uh, all three of the people watching Don Lemon have just either moved on to other CNN shows or, you know, now they go to Fox News, who is the only people talking about Don Lemon. The most amazing thing is Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson have both retained 
the same lawyer the news is reporting because now I don't didn't really look into the specifics of CNN because Don Lemon had a contract and I don't think sucking at your job if you're under contract gets them out of paying you but Fox News is saying they fired it, Tucker Carlson with cause but that's not how contracts work we know this because look at yeah. the sports world well if it depends entirely on what's written in the contract and if anybody who's worth the damn is writing up your contracts then yes you should be able to fire them with cause you're like the last thing you want if you're a baseball player is your contract to say well if you don't hit 50 home runs this year your contract is null and void yeah and and if you've got a contract that says that you know somebody can go out and uh, you know do tiktok videos or something equally awful and you're still required to pay them the rest of the season, then the people on your end writing the contracts are terrible. True. I mean, Joey loves to do his little TikTok videos. Have you ever seen a president in our lifetime that announced on TikTok? Yeah, well, we've seen that. We've no, seen a no, few I still haven't. Well, you've seen the clips off TikTok somewhere, but you know they're on TikTok. But no, I said I, I've seen Joey on Joey. TikTok. I've never seen a president on TikTok. <laughs> this is probably true. This is this is a very serious thing to uh, to make a distinction on. But when it all comes down to it, isn't that where everybody is now on TikTok? Isn't that where the media wants you to be? Isn't that I don't where, know. Uh, Maybe. I mean, you got stuff like the the Montana legislature deciding to to ban TikTok in the state. We talked about that last week. I have no idea how they're going to do that. It, I, well, they I know how they're going to do it. They're not going to enforce it and it'll be a completely virtue signaling law. But Right, because how do you enforce that? Yeah, you don't. Yeah. But when Fox News is saying to Tucker Carlson they're firing him with cause, this is another court case or lawsuit that's just yeah. dying to happen. Well, you know what the cause was? He the was cause too, was that he dared to call out Big Pharma. He was too good at his job. Or at least that's a speculation. I mean, it's I mean, it, obviously I wasn't there in the room. Well, it's interesting because he's one of those media personalities that had the attention he drew people in to watch and listen but because of outfits like media matters he was so radioactive with advertisers that he was not the cash cow that i believe he could be if he goes the route of hey pay me a hundred bucks a year for my shows which is exactly why he needs to be on a value for value network well, you don't need the value for value when you've got the audience because you can well, just yeah. go on a subscription basis. Oh, come on. Come on. Work with me here. I'm trying to recruit him. I mean, it would be no nice, but then he'd be like, fuck you. I want the I want the payment. I don't want people to listen and go, well, you're not really worth me paying, but I'll listen to your every wait, show wait. and so, every so word. You're saying that that being a media personality, he's not really in it for the cause or the message he's just a sellout is that what you're suggesting i'm saying he would like the benjamins now some <laughs> people once you get to like elon musk money then you can throw away cash and you don't really care and you're just having fun i mean you'll spend the 45 billion or whatever it was on twitter just to troll people tucker's not that, yet by the there. way still the best troll of the century uh-huh and tucker is not quite at that point yet although i mean i think tucker could probably just put his new show out whatever it may be on twitter because somebody had a, a tweet i don't know if he's, you didn't see that because you're not on twitter but somebody tweeted at elon like oh you should hire tucker carlson to do a sh- you know launch do a show here twitter tv and elon's like uh 
well, the infrastructure is there for anybody to do whatever they want and make their own money. We don't need to hire you. So if uh, Tucker just <laughs> wants to put the shows out, you know, you can do if you pay the eight dollars a month that everybody's fucking crying about. If, yeah, that was that was a drama. Uh huh. If you do that, though, it seems like you can now post, you know, hour long videos plus whatever you want. And to me, this seems like a hell of a way to distribute a show. You know, I know a lot of people don't like Twitter, but if it is going to be a place that you can do that, where you can share your video or audio shows, and as long as they don't go the route that the YouTubes do and the Spotify's do where everything is censored, if this is more of a, hey, we're Rumble, but we also have messaging, then that would be interesting to watch. You know, I feel like you said, I know everybody doesn't like Twitter and like, like you were directing that comment at me. At least I hope it was directed at me because I don't know who else is on this conversation right now. You don't, well, the I NSA, NSA, right? Yeah. <laughs> CIA, NSA, <laughs> FBI, they're but, not even supposed to be, but they I'm, are. I'm just telling you, um, I, I still don't like Twitter, but that's mostly inertia at this point because the more celebrities I see losing their minds over this, the more, uh, you know, politicians, the more wokest, the more uh, corporate mouthpieces that just go insane hating on the service because I can't believe they're bringing back free speech. Those assholes, those fascists bringing back free speech. How dare they? It's starting to grow on me again. It's like, this is an interesting way to uh, have the conversation. And Progo is asking in the troll room, trollroom.io, if the Twitter video have RSS feeds no idea and i if there is a the interesting thing would be if there is an unchanging video url to whatever you post and there probably is then you could just make your own damn rss feed and point it to that video but the way i see it being more useful would be you've got your podcast you maybe put it out there in audio or video form on yourself with your rss feed you also publish it to twitter where people who might not see that will get it you can publish it on rumble where people wouldn't you know otherwise be on the other platforms i don't think for most people at this point putting your content out there just in one place is the best thing to do although it's the easiest it doesn't matter if it's Facebook or Spotify or Twitter or what it, it at this point, people should realize that you cannot exclusive content is dead content. You cannot put it out on only one place and expect it to go anywhere. See also grumpy old Benz, right? <laughs> this is a, uh, we only put it out in a podcast. It is a, where have we gone? It's a little boutique, uh, enterprise we have great content, but yeah, this is case in point that you do. I mean, it's interesting. The people that are making the money that have the big audiences are the ones that have been doing it for a long, long time. But and those even, are the only ones who can get away with doing exclusives. Right. Well, and then you have the folks like No Agenda, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, both of them had an audience coming into that podcast. If you're looking at podcasts as far as what can be successful, it's a lot easier. If you're Joe Rogan, you already had an audience. The ladies from the office that launched their podcast about the office had a huge audience waiting to jump in. 
it's very hard to be somebody who doesn't already have a following that jumps in and starts something in podcast form and gets tens of thousands or more people to subscribe. Now, on the other hand, I see this happening a lot on the YouTubes. So there is something to be said for the YouTube algorithms that normal schmoes who start videos about anything from, you know, vinyl records to Lego can build an audience big enough to make a full-time living. Be careful about selection bias there because uh, you know, again, if, if you're talking only a tiny, you know, only a tiny fraction, say one in a thousand end up doing well enough to make a living. Well, on YouTube, if there's a hundred thousand people making channels about Legos, which for all I know there are, then a hundred people right. are going to have enough juice to make a living. That's, I mean, the, the statistics, I think, I suspect the statistics still hold. It's just YouTube has so many attempts that you're going to see selection bias. You'd be like, oh, yeah, this person made a, and, and this is, by the way, when you ignore selection bias, you come into it and go, oh, this person has a successful channel on YouTube. I can make one too. Right. And you end up being one of the 999 who creates a channel that gets three viewers before you give it up. And, right. and nobody will. Well, there is no question about it when it comes to YouTube. Consistency is key. I'll give that to Sir Gene. That was the first thing he said when it comes to doing YouTube is that daily content is king, not weekly. Is content. that why the time for unrelenting moves around so much? Probably. You know, it depends okay. if he's out there trying to blow up rockets or if he's just going to vacation in uh, Moscow or wherever he goes, it changes. I mean, so the time zone, go home, visit the old gulags. You got to, I mean, you got to keep, you have to, if you don't watch your gulags, you, you lose control. Yes. You have to <laughs> use it or lose it. Right. You have to, you have to at least check in on the gulags and make sure everything's working I, right. Yeah. I, you know, if you don't put a couple political prisoners in there every few years, the gulag just goes into disrepair. And, uh, you know, not me. This net Ned's like Lego, Lego YouTube channels about Lego. So meet us. No, he could have made millions. Meet us by now with his daughter. They could have made millions of dollars. People would eat that stuff up. But I think you're partially right when it comes to you have such a large group that, of course, some are going to be successful. They're a little bit more noticeable on YouTube. But I also believe and maybe I'm completely wrong because Adam Curry has told us over and over again that you it can't monetize the network. Happen. Yes. Oh, I've been wrong at least once or twice, but not that often. But there is the infrastructure available on YouTube that the minute you have an audience, you're able to monetize it. YouTube is very good at that part of it, where if you have a podcast like we're running here, if we all of a sudden had a million people listening every show, it would take us a while to figure out how to monetize that, how to get advertising if you went that route. Advertising. Well, this is no, where YouTube makes the money. If we had a million the people, their asses had better be donating. That's all I'm saying. Well, they don't because the Biden economy has made everybody destitute and they're going, I don't got the money. And I get it because I don't got the money. So but I understand. The, the sad puppies will continue until donations improve. Yes, until morale improves, the beatings will continue. <laughs> there's, 
the way we do things here at Grumpy Old Ben's, and it's a system that works out. But that is it with YouTube. I mean, nobody seems to, I mean, I hate it, which is why, even though I only watch a handful of shows on YouTube, including the, uh, the Haley Deegan show, when that's just a lot of fun for me, she's the race car driver. I couldn't take seeing, and this was like watching mainly modern rogue when I was trying to catch up on that before I subscribed to YouTube, when it was stopping like every five to seven minutes to throw an ad in. Oh, I know. I like Brushwood a lot as as a person, as a podcaster, uh, as a YouTube select. I I don't know. Maybe it's a YouTube effect, but the moment he goes on YouTube, even he turns into a total douche. Well, because you got to be like, Hey, I got to be shucking and jiving. It's a different thing. You have to, you have to have a different set of things to grab the eyeballs which is why i mean we have faces for radio this is why we love podcasting we don't have to even get dressed you've got the robe on that's rarely tied there's cats running around everywhere no the cat is currently settled down in the lap i've got uh was on the you know recumbent bike so my hair is all sweaty and it doesn't matter when you don't have to when you don't have to turn the camera on you can just go with theater of the mind but when you go on YouTube, you've got to have that visual stimulation. And I think Brushwood does a pretty if, good job. If I ever do one, one thing I have determined from random YouTube videos is if I ever do a political podcast on YouTube, the video is going to be nothing but Minecraft gameplay, which some people do. I know there are like, people who will will show Minecraft footage and talk about something completely unrelated the whole time. They're like, why is this going on? Well, we needed video and it's just the way it works out. And for people that are asking, go oh, YouTube has ads, sir. Oma. Yes, they do. Now, uh, with, not, where, not where I can see it with the ad blocker in a good browser. You don't see the ads. So I will give you that. When you're watching the YouTube videos through a Roku device, even if you have a pie hole and everything else, I haven't figured out a way to uh, to make them go away. So it's just easier to pay the 12 bucks a month. I, Sir, Sir Oma knows the the smug feeling that I always get when when if I do pull up a YouTube video and you look and the timeline is broken up into 23 little tiny short sections and you're like, don't care. It's going to play all the way through. Yes, no commercials are showing here. I need to figure out a way to do that on the Roku or the other devices like that. The Raspberry Pi, something to watch it on. Give me something that I can hook up to my TV easily and have the ad blocking work. The problem is for most ads, they're being served from a third party. When it comes to YouTube ads, they're being served by YouTube. So it's a lot harder to figure out. What are the ads and what is the actual content? But that's a part of the joy of the whole thing. And it's not that bad if you watch it regularly. And I think that's all Gene watches because that's all it is. I just like 14 times a day. I'm getting texts from him with YouTube video links. I'm like, I don't have that kind of time. But if you watch YouTube all day and all night, then I guess it's worth it. No, no, nothing is worth it. If you watch YouTube all day and all night. No, no. That would like cause the depression. Life isn't worth living at that point. Seriously. An ad blocker I, browser on the phone and then cast it to the TV. I'll try that program. That may when, work. When, when I was young, somebody close to me demonstrated exactly what it looks like when 
a person gets completely addicted to the television and chooses to ignore all parts of life outside of that. And, and that was never what I wanted to be, which is why I don't go to YouTube. And instead I, you know, of course spend all my time listening to podcasts and you know, playing video games. So yeah, you don't go to YouTube, you go to Pornhub. Yeah, that too. And then that just plays. That's a different kind of addiction. Well, I've got multiple monitors. I can put YouTube on one Minecraft on another and Pornhub on a third. I know, and I'm still enjoying my new 32-inch monitor, but it could have gone bigger. I mean, I just need something above it now and to the sides and can always use more screen real estate. I mean, I, how how many YouTube videos do you have to watch before they're, they're just like, okay, this is this is too much. You are officially addicted. Just kill yourself. Do they do that or is that just TikTok? I think it's just TikTok because it's, that's way more dangerous. for. And that's the, well, the hilarity. Did, did you read the Bloomberg expose from this last week? No. On TikTok? Now what? I, I didn't either because Bloomberg is paywalled and fuck that. But fortunately, I can always find someone to reprint the article. Um, <laughs> Bloomberg did a pretty in-depth expose on uh, a, it, it was it was one of those tear jerkers that uses a whole lot of anecdotal evidence that isn't necessarily proof, but but definitely stirs emotions. They started out with a young kid named Chase who was addicted to his phone and watching TikTok videos all the time. And, uh, you know, after a while, uh, he eventually decided to just step in front of a train. And that was a year ago. And for the expose, uh, his parents, who are, by the way, suing ByteDance, um, which is kind of the purpose of this story was to call that out, um, demonstrates his phone, which apparently they haven't got rid of because these parents are clingy or something. I'm not sure. Um, just going to the, uh, what, what's the feed called in TikTok? You, I guess you wouldn't know the, the one that says, you know, show me, I, I think what's it called the for you feed. Um, and they go in and just click the recommended videos, the things that TikTok algo recommends. And it pops up even a year later with videos like take the pain away. Death is a gift. Or uh, one that has a, a male voice in the, the, you start the video and a male voice says, I'm going to put this shotgun in my mouth and blow the brains out the back of my head. And then a female voice responds. Cool. This is some interesting These, programming for the children. That, that, so this is the, the gist of this is uh, Bloomberg deciding that it's a big scandal that uh, a social media algo will give kids what kids are talking about. And in this case, Apparently it's pushing kids to suicide um, that, you know, they, they, they interviewed a number of people who were uh, under NDA and so would not give their names who said, uh, um, you know, uh, TikTok is incredibly secretive about their data, about their algorithm. Well, practically all tech companies are secretive about these data or their data. TikTok is Fort Knox by comparison. Um, I mean, they did. Some some things that I, I would not have guessed. For example, did you know that the official TikTok app has never been available in China? Well, I think they have a, a different version. I think they yeah. have it, but it's yes, it's a different. Yeah, it's app. a different version called Du Yin Dao Yin something. Um, but the the difference, which by the way, they started out as clones of each other, just with different languages and different front end. But um, since all of the controversy started. The international version, the non-Chinese version of TikTok has been maintained by engineers in the U.S., Ireland, India, trying to make it more palatable to, you know, pretty much every time somebody outside of China bitches and whines, oh, TikTok is terrible. 
they tell the engineers, go fix this, go make it safe. But uh, Bloomberg interviewed a couple or at least one engineer. I don't know how many they wouldn't say uh, who said, uh, you know, part of the trust and safety team who are not allowed to know the details of the algorithm itself, because that is is bite dances, proprietary and information. And they are really secret, like they will not tell their engineers outside of China what the algorithm does or how it works, which I got to say makes it really difficult to make that feed safe. Well, nothing is safe. They uh, Bloomberg also dropped another case study, a 14 year old from Virginia with anorexia who, quote, liked to watch silly dance videos and funny clips on TikTok. But in 2021, she noticed her for you feeds started featuring unsolicited videos about how to get skinnier legs and consume fewer calories in a day. <laughs> I do not remember searching for any of that stuff at all. And then it was there. Hello, I, I was we didn't have TikTok in the 80s, but I remember television doing the same damn thing. Yeah, <laughs> this is called media. Go outside. Well, Look at trees. You yeah, know, the, it's play based. in the sunshine for a bit. Put the phone down. What the hell is a 14 year old doing with their phone on there? I, well, 14 year olds shouldn't have phones, but that's no. my crazy theory because you're seeing this kind of stuff all of the time. And it's like, well, if you're watching dance videos on TikTok, I'm guessing that a majority of the people that are popular there and are doing these kind of videos are probably attractive skinny girls. So with that said, of course, that's what you're watching and that's what you're going to get. It used to be the human ideal in, in all of the magazines you'd see like playboy and sports illustrated too. It's like, you want good looking people to, you know, the, the people that you want to be. And well, I mean, not anymore, not since the publications went woke, but uh, it's still the, the same idea. You go to Pornhub and they're not going to necessarily put something ugly on the front. Are they? The whole concept of blaming the platform doesn't matter who it is, is not going to fix any of these problems. It's a mental I, and, health crisis. And I don't get me wrong. I, I totally dislike TikTok, and I don't think anybody should use it. But what I don't know what Bloomberg is expecting is going to happen out of this other than, you know, more ratings. Hey, by the way, you want more views on your site? Take the fucking paywall off. But anyway, uh, I, I, I don't know, but I, I definitely I am so conflicted on this TikTok thing and it annoys me. It, it makes me grumpy because the company are I mean, they even amongst social media, they are genuinely evil. They are doing horrible things. And the fact that it's so popular enables them to do even more horrible things. But at the same time, uh, you know, Republican legislatures like Montana going out and trying to ban the whole thing. It, you people are morons. First of all, what you're trying to do isn't possible. And second, do you realize you're being just as authoritarian as the people that you consider your enemies on the other side of the aisle? Right. You're, you're being exactly as fascist as the Democrats. Stop it. It's for the children. Don't you understand? There's no here's the problem. And I feel bad for those kind of lawmakers because they're like, you know what? The parents are so fucking stupid. They cannot talk to and protect their own children. So we have to do something. When the reality is, you're right. The genie's out of the bottle. The shit's not well, going away. Well, okay, maybe something has to happen. But why do these idiots think that they're the ones to do it? Government only has one. Because tool. parents are fucking retarded. It's, it's point a gun at people and force them to do things. That's the only tool government has, and it's not the right tool most of the time. You need to switch incentives. For example, 
why is the Montana legislature the people who need to do something about all these parents who went ahead and spawned but don't know how to keep their kids alive? Maybe if the Montana legislature backs the fuck off, Darwin will do something about it. And then we'll next generation will have parents who try to take care of their kids. It would be nice. But am I wrong here? Here is or a, am I just an asshole? Well, both. But here's an article that shows you this is not I, just on TikTok. This is from Breitbart today. Parents blame Twitter for failing <laughs> to stop pervert from grooming their 13 year old. Oh, 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 yeah. Totally Twitter's fault. Yes. It's, no, the parents are innocent in this, you morons. And uh, Lucas Nolan wrote this article. I like it begins. A Utah family is holding Twitter accountable f- for not taking timely action in a case involving their 13 year old son who was kidnapped by a pervert who first groomed him onto the social media platform. <laughs> I mean, OK, um, it is so easy to fix this. Take the phone away. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's what I've been saying for a year. The 13 year old. I know, and old, I hate agreeing with you. It makes me grumpy. Because 13 seriously. year olds are not ready for the internet. They are not ready for social media. If you think that your kid is going to be exempt from the horrible shit that's going on on the internet, you're wrong. I pulled a money quote out of the Bloomberg article. They said, uh, psychologists say it's more difficult for teens to withstand the addictive properties of algorithms because their prefrontal cortexes responsible for decision-making judgment and impulse control aren't fully developed. What Bloomberg does not point out with that because they are using it to push their narrative that TikTok is evil and should be destroyed from without is yeah, that's been true of human beings since long, long, long before social media or computers or mass media of any kind existed but we as human beings have a natural defense that is designed to protect children whose brains aren't fully formed from bad influence they're called parents yep who are not doing the job and then they want to turn and blame somebody else because the internet is not safe for their child i mean but they have no problem giving them a phone or device that can access the internet at all times of the day and night and not understanding what that opens the kids up to. I mean, my mom and dad wouldn't let me be on the phone after a certain time at night. And that was just talking to somebody who they could hear the phone ring, you know, this, you know, now this is uh this is a whole different world we're living in. My, my parents actually, when, when I was, Early on, you know, me, me, I have a bit of an addictive personality. You may have noticed uh, early on that my parents decided that I was connecting to too many BBSs because I was downloading too much ASCII porn or something. I don't know what it was. They, but uh, the computer was in my bedroom because the we didn't have a spare room otherwise. So and I was the one who was always using it. So it wasn't like they could take the computer away. I mean, it was, it was an old style giant beige box that was really heavy to move. Right. It could take so, weeks and a crane to get that out. What my dad would do is every evening when he decided I was done, he would go downstairs with a screwdriver and disconnect the phone line. <laughs> yes. From the modem. That works. It worked until I figured out what he was doing and why the phone line was dead. And then every, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't reconnect it. But I also respected that, you know, I can't just do this with impunity because then my dad will escalate. So let's go ahead and try to work through it. Now, I think the, this is funny in the Breitbart article. Well, funny, but 
in a different kind of way. The teen's parents, Heather and Ken McConney, found out that their son's online interaction with this guy after taking away his phone for staying up too late. Like, well, there you go. Oh, there you, okay. Uh, so they're at least paying some attention. Uh-huh. On websites like Discord, Roblox, which I've never even heard of, Twitter, and uh, Telegram. Roblox is kind of a Minecraft-like with uh, uh, online lobbies. Like, the game aspect itself is very Minecraft-like, but the online lobbies are... You go into a lobby, you could hook up with people. We actually did a story on Grumpy Old Ben's half a year ago about people using Roblox lobbies to uh, set up um, sex dungeons. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Everybody should have one. But if the kid the, the was graphics talking. aren't really great for it. But once you get into a private game, there's no oversight. So. Ah, well, see that the lack of oversight. But the fact that this was going on over multiple platforms I don't understand why Discord, Roblox, and Telegram aren't uh, mentioned earlier in this ad. Uh, this uh, I was going to say ad, maybe it is, uh, in this article, where the suspect allegedly groomed the teen with the intention of kidnapping and marrying him in the future. Because that what, seems that, like I, a great plan. I mean, I at least have some respect for these parents because the, it didn't take... It didn't take their kid walking in front of a train before they thought to ask, huh, I wonder what's on that phone that he's spending 24 seven with his nose in. Yeah. And instead of blaming the platform, maybe you say to your kid, what the fuck are you doing? Dumbass. Uh, maybe I, you know, it's a theme that I have pushed over and over again, especially with anything technological is that uh, a centralized control of anything pretty much never works. And the only way to do anything in any kind of fair or equitable way is decentralization. And by the way, that applies to parenting too. Twitter and TikTok being the parent of your child is going to fail. The only way that children can be successfully raised is decentralized parenting. Maybe have, I don't know, like a man and a woman who contributed biological material to create the person be the ones to do it because that's a decentralized system where each person only has one or two kids that they have to bother raising. And am I, mean, am I off the wall here? No, am I and, completely out of it. And here's the thing. When you and I were growing up, when this stuff was just beginning, you give parents the overall pass. At least I do because they had no idea about the technology. They had no idea what was possible. They had no idea what was going on or who you could be talking to or what you could be doing in this magical online world. But parents today, they grew up with this shit. They know yeah, what this I, I is. I gave that pass. I gave that pass to the boomers because they, you know, this stuff was sprung on them while they were busy having a career and right. it's easy to miss. But no, people our age grew up with this stuff. You know, what happens? You've seen what the, that there's a giant internet full of people that you don't know. No, I, I, I'm not going to give you a pass. Not at this time. No. And it's like, if you let your kid have unfettered access to the internet, you're the one at fault. If something bad happens to them. Now to balance that, I do have a story that puts TikTok in a good light. <laughs> that's a rarity. Uh, it's also not true. Oh, see, well, um, that's exactly but, why then. But they're trying to take responsibility for totally the wrong thing. TikTok is now censoring anything that violates the cl official climate change narrative. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
They uh, changed their terms of service and they are now going to automatically delete or block any content which, quote, undermines well-established scientific consensus, which not only not only demonstrates that they're, you know, virtue signaling, that they're authoritarian and that they're bought in with the official lie, but also that whoever wrote this up or made these decisions does not fundamentally misunderstands how science works. Well, it seems like they're trying to kowtow to the left. So they don't turn TikTok off in all of America. Are they just asking the right to turn TikTok off? What is going on here? Probably. And they know the right doesn't have the power to do that right now. So or the balls. Well, that too. But Joe Biden, one thing I'll give the Montana legislature, they might be completely off the rails with regards to authoritarianism. But at least they're deciding to try to do something. Unlike, you know, here's where I, I will applaud Montana the next time. A 13-year-old kid jumps in front of a train or gets molested and kidnapped by somebody that he met on TikTok and the parents allowed him to be on TikTok. They throw those parents in jail. Then I will applaud them. Yeah, maybe. Uh, actually, you know what? I, I completely forgot about this one. I just know, remembered it in, and I tried to find Montana's not the only state full of Republicans, lawmakers who are deciding to be authoritarian for the purpose of pushing back. Um, Utah last month, uh, meant to bring this story. It was one of the ones we didn't get to found the notes, uh, quote, first state in the nation, uh, to begin restricting how minors can use social media apps. Um, they, they actually passed a law last month that, uh, requires, let me, let me go through a real quick list of the notes, um, age verification for all users before they can open or maintain a social media account, permission from parents before a minor can open a social media account. Restricts minors' use of social media from 10.30 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. unless a parent changes those settings. Uh, the platforms must also ensure that children are unable to bypass the restrictions. Uh, that's an impossible requirement. Uh, give parents the ability to access a minor's account, including all posts and private messages. And limit what personal information a social media platform can collect from minors. So, again, totally unenforceable. Uh, totally impossible restrictions, but at least the state of Utah, they're also trying. Well, and they're, I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, they're trying to figure out a solution for a problem using a technology that doesn't exist. We talked about this in at length when the UK tried to block the porn sites where that was their idea as well, which was, well, if we could just verify everybody's identity. Now, how do you make sure that little Jimmy, a 12-year-old, doesn't just take his dad's wallet and scan the license or whatever you're asking for? You don't. So this is where it all falls apart. Because these these Utah requirements, these are... I mean, these are authoritarian almost on the level of China, which I can still hold up as probably one of the most horrifying places, if you want freedom, that there is. Um, even in China, there are stories all the time of you know, China has requirements, for example, that uh, you need your parents' state-issued ID card in order to log into any online game. Uh, and if you're a child, then, you know, there's strict restrictions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's stories all the time about kids steal, swiping their parents' card, uh, forging themselves permissions they don't have, getting in anyway. There, there's a whole underculture of uh, kids under 18 
going into chat rooms late at night because there's no supervision there because nobody thinks that kids under 18 are allowed. Right. So if if they can do this in China, do you think that the kids in Utah are going to have any problems with it? No. And that is the issue is that you think because they don't understand the technology. And this is one thing. I don't know if there's a way to fix this because I don't think most adults in the United States understand the technology as much as probably everybody listening to our show that how these things work, how networks work, how what's possible for doing age verification or not. These lawmakers just go, well, there has to be a way to do this. So let's just make them do it. And they have no idea what the, the nuts and bolts and the ins and outs are. And the laws get passed and then you're left with still nothing because it's impossible to do what they're asking to do. Yeah. It, it's a very common thing amongst uh, lawmakers to say, we want change to happen. So we'll just pass legislation that threatens to point guns at and, and force people to do something when I, the, the lawmakers have no clue that it's impossible. They're just putting people in an impossible situation that says the government will step in and a- anally insert things unless you do something that isn't physically possible. Uh, see also California, everything that they do, uh, especially with, say, electronic vehicles where they're like, oh, yeah, 100 percent of the country needs to convert to electronic vehicles. There's no way the infrastructure does not exist. And if you actually ban all gas powered vehicles, what you're going to do is cut the total amount of vehicles people can have at all by 95 percent, which might actually be what these morons want. Right. Well, they want those 15 minute cities where you can get anything you need without even needing a vehicle. That's that's the dream. This is why they want everybody in the inner city, of course. You see what's going on in Chirac and people are jumping and running from the inner city as fast as they can. And and as Progo points out in the troll room, uh, what what we just described is is something it is. It has a name. The name is the politicians syllogism, which goes like this. We have to do something. This is something. Therefore, we have to do this. And now which it's is done. a fallacious argument that is used by politicians all over the place. Uh, hence why it's called the politicians syllogism, but it's a wrong argument because that's, uh, uh, anyway, well, it when it comes be to obvious. things like this, I mean, this is it. A politician who understands the technology is needed at least somewhere in this group that when these kind of topics come up, stands up and says, that's nice, but this is not possible to do it. So we want answers for everything, but this is the universe that we have. And there aren't always solutions for the problems we're having. And again, you pointed out, I pointed it out multiple times. The end result, when this comes down to anything to protect the children, this comes down to parents being parents and doing their job and understanding when their child is able to be online with everything that comes with social media and that may be different for everybody and as you pointed out being the over authoritarian doesn't always work so having a parent who understands that maybe their kid at 15 is ready 
But another parent who's their kid, maybe until he's 30, isn't ready to be on social media. I don't know if they turn 30 and they're still living at home. Yeah. Kick him the fuck out. You should probably have another conversation with them. Yeah. There's probably like, that. Uh, your, your problems go way deeper than, than a TikTok addiction. But it's absolutely true that it comes down to the parents being responsible for what is happening to the kids. That's part of the gig. Thinking that the internet is safe because you want to will it so is not. These are the same types of parents. You would not let your kid do a lot of other dangerous things, but well, it's the internet. So it, it should be you but expecting the, this to be safe is ridiculous. In the modern era, the internet is just the out, outside world. And well, the outside I, world was never safe. Yeah, they, well, the outside world was never safe, but it was somewhere that kids were going to have to get used to anyway. Yes. Which is why way back in the day when we weren't sending people outside only through this little tiny four inch screen in their hand, uh, you would go outside with your parents the first few times. You would learn about the world that way. And eventually they boot your ass out of the nest and you'd either fall to the ground or learn to fly. That assumes that kids have wings, which right. I, you know, citation needed. But. It's a little different world you're talking about, but I get it. <laughs> the internet is, is uh, what you need to do with it is not that much different, which is to say kids first introduction to anything on the internet, just like their first introduction to the world outside of their home should be supervised. Parents need to be involved. That's that is ultimately the theme of all of this. Parents, be involved in what your kids are doing. Know what they're doing. Help them, coach them, guide them. Don't shield them because that just pre, you know pushes, it kicks the, the, at some point, they're going to be introduced to the world. They have to be unless they die early. And they may they're gonna if have they get to on the internet too soon. Yeah. They're going to have to see what this internet is like. They're going to have to go outside. They're going to have to fall out of the nest. They're going to have to walk the city streets of Everett, Washington, stepping over <laughs> a dude with a heroin needle sticking out of his arm. Or maybe that's just me. Did that a couple of days ago, but be there for them the first few times so that it's not so that they're not completely lost when they encounter a new experience. Be the coach, be the guide. That's what being a parent is. Yes. DigiGuru says, I like two childless dudes named Ben giving parenting advice. But see, this because is why we're perfect. People who have kids seem to be sucking at it, at least the ones that make all the articles I keep reading. Well, and they're too close and they want to they want to use. And this is like the kid in school that's like, I just don't understand algebra. This is the parents like, oh, it's nobody too hard. understands algebra, by the way, except you math majors. <laughs> The parents that are like, it's too hard, you know, and the excuse like, well, all the all their friends are on the Internet. Well, yeah, if all their other friends get raped by a pervert, do you want your kid to get raped by a pervert, too? That's the question. See, when I was younger, my parents would have said something like, if all your friends were jumping off a bridge, would you do it? (laughs) And I was like, well, if the water (laughs) is nice and deep at the bottom and it's a hot day, I might. But this is a different world if all your friends were getting raped by perverts would you would you want to it, it changes the analogy up a little bit yeah it makes it more modern and it's so much better That's if the, all your kids were stepping in front of a train would you do it come on right exactly <laughs> and this is why though because we can see the problems and we are separate from it and i think that gives you a different perspective it doesn't change the logic to with all of these problems that have occurred 
because children have been online and they've been abducted or they became depressed. And of course, if they become depressed, then they want to give them drugs or the suicide rates up. As I pointed out before, it's amazing that when you look at the suicide rates, they were coming down, coming down pretty steadily up until 2007. And then they started going up pretty steadily since then. And I'm just saying the very first iPhone came out that same year. I mean, I was going to say which social media came online, but you're right. I think it was the iPhone. Yeah. I Twitter actually existed in late 2006 in its text form. But yeah, the iPhone and the smartphones and the concept, because it's really Twitter's first three years. The only people who got it were the people who liked command lines. Exactly. And I think and John C. Dvorak, this is true. But imagine a world where if even in today's iteration, what if Twitter never became more than text? I think it has way less problems. I think it'd have way less ads and I'd be okay with that. It would definitely have less ads, but I think where children and adults alike really start getting into the more scary, addictive behaviors, getting into the body issues and everything else comes from the photo and video aspect of social media. Sure. It's, uh, it's because you, you know, when, when the software was only made by developers, you got a command line. The moment somebody brought in psychologists and said, Hey, you know, the human psyche is much more likely to get addicted to this. If it has flashing images and, and bright colors, that's when you got Facebook. But we like flashing images and bright colors. Yeah, speak for yourself. I'll keep my command line. Thank you. Well, you don't you don't see colors. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah, that might be it. That's part of That's, it. See, that might example. be why I'm immune to all of this crap is I don't see the bright colors. It very well could be. And the you're flashing not, images just make me grumpy. You're not getting the same triggering information. But it's the plain text is the free expression of ideas. And I don't think it's the ideas that are the problem. I do believe as they say that it's that photo and video. I mean, it's what is happening in a lot of these stories and it's mainly teenage boys. It seems that fall for this. So teenage girls are at least a little bit smarter when they get an unsolicited nude photo from somebody and says, Hey, now send me one of you. (laughs) For some reason, the girls are smart enough to be like, Oh, fuck off. Okay, the the one I want to date is the one that's smart enough to send an AI generated photo. See, now that would be completely different. (laughs) Right. And then that way it's like, well, now you can't go back and try to extort that person like, ha ha. Now I'm going to use that. And, and, you know, I'm going to send this to all of your friends, which is what happens in a lot of these cases. Again, teenage boys, especially there, they fall for the fact that the fake girl photo they just got wasn't from a real girl, probably not even a real photo. Whether or not you fall for the, oh, I'm okay with sending my nudes to this person, you've got to always remember that it, nothing is ever deleted from the internet. That's that's something that, 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 well, frankly, people who run social media networks don't seem to get yet. Nothing is ever deleted from the internet. And that means that the moment that you send your nudie pics to that one person, it's out there. Now, you might decide you can trust them. Yeah, that works right up until you break up. Right. Or you don't know who has intercepted that in in the middle, and that may pop yeah. up at some point later. It's like you 
you, you might stand the smallest chance of being able to control where those picks go when it's just between you, your boyfriend and the NSA. Right. But any farther than that, you don't have a chance. And that is where the sextortion really works is that people just can't handle the threat then that that photo is going to come out. I thought it was interesting have been while while riding on the bike, I keep looking for content that will keep my mind occupied because it turns out as you exercise, if you keep your mind occupied on something else, that's interesting. Well, while riding the bike, wait, are you leaving home? No, no, it's a it's a recumbent bike in front of a big TV. Oh, OK. And, you know, it's still oh, in the that's 40s. Why here. you need the Roku. Right. This is where you, the Roku, the, the YouTube ads on Roku should keep your mind occupied. Right. The, the, I or hate at least, the, I or hate at least the, properly brainwashed. That may be. I would go with the brainwashing more. I was going to say, I was going to say what you need is, is to live in a more scenic state because when I go out to ride my bicycle, I actually do so outside. And uh, you know, I, the people around here are all largely morons, but uh, <laughs> the scenery is the best. Yeah, well, you have the nice mountains and everything else, and it's still like in the 40s and 50s here, so it's getting a little warmer. There will be a time, I guess, I'll I'll go outside, and whether it's walking or uh, I don't even think I have a functioning bicycle at this point. It's been a lo- like a decade since I've gotten on a bike that way. You can't ride your recumbent one outside. Wouldn't that be fun? Do I just put <laughs> so I put some uh, wheels on that and then a motor? So I'm the oh, a motor because because exercise is for wimps. Yes, because why would you want to do that? Okay, yeah. Here's the other thing: you also live somewhere where the terrain is largely flat, which yes. means that bike riding for exercise is something that you can manage, you can control. Yes. When you live somewhere where I do, where there is no flat ground anywhere, you're either going down a hill at speeds you can't control or going up a hill and dying from exercise. It's my biggest reason for not being able to ride a bike. It's everything is hills. And then the worst part is when you're exhausted and your house is a mile up the hill. Yeah, that's my, my house is, (laughs) It's only a quarter mile, but it is up a steep ravine and there's no access from the top. So I can't even, I can't even plan my route to get in from the top. Right. I gotta, you can't gotta coast go in. Fixed. Yeah. <laughs> there's no coasting. So in we, fact, I've had some times when I'm like, okay, that last, that last quarter mile, we're just getting off the bike and walking it. That's fine. <laughs> hey, whatever works. I can be a pussy, but this is why I just, you know, it's nice. Cause you can then just turn the little dial on the bike and it gets harder to pedal so that you can simulate going up a hill, but you don't have to, uh, you don't have to do that, but you can just get one of those, uh, electric bikes that if you know, if you have to, it could just drive you back the last quarter mile. That would be good too. Now I bet there are also, uh, like YouTube channels that are just, somebody puts a picture on scenery. the top of their car. You're right. Yeah, just scenery. Well, that's a great idea. We should fucking do that totally. Then or, just drive around the neighborhood and be like, here's your, here's your like 10 I, miles I, an hour. And we could put it on YouTube and I'd bet it'd make more money than Grumpy Old Ben's. Uh, I, I don't think that's a question. Although we <laughs> will get to that in a few minutes. We do have some donors today. So that's a beautiful thing. I do appreciate when there's donors. But I was watching today the masterclass from Neil Gaiman who I'm sure you're familiar with because I know your wife's a fan. Yes, my wife is a huge fan. I've definitely heard that name in this household. And uh, he was talking about young writers. And one of the biggest problems is that they are so adverse to any kind of conflict 
that they can't write good stories because you oh. have to have conflict. Yeah, good stories have to have conflict. And I'm like, I'm thinking about that. And I flash back to John C. Dvorak, who was like, what? I was standing there at the grocery line. It was like, hey, you got one item. Go in front of me. No, no. It's like I, they, they, they just can't handle the real world. And this is so sad. That's how I know all of the best authors are assholes. Uh huh. That they should be. <laughs> you got to have because you're creating your own damn world. So you have to be at least a little bit of a narcissist. You might not have to be an asshole, but you have to well, be a bit of a narcissist conflict, or at least creating it. Yes. Maybe trolls because you need the conflict in, in order to create good fiction. You have to create conflict. And if you're a troll, then you're a natural at it. Yes. And you think about it and I'm like, wow, this is why how I met your father and these other shows that have been produced recently that I've tried to watch suck. It's like, this may be it. There's no, there's no reality to this anymore. There's no real conflict. It's all very saccharine. And I, I think you just nailed it because what there is, what there isn't by the way, is there's no character conflict. Right. Uh, or if there is, because the, the only conflict they know how to write is the conflict against the other, the conflict against the, the larger forces. So there's plenty of stories out there where uh, there's an evil corporation, for example, that's where the conflict comes from is you're, you've got everybody on your ensemble cast who are all uh, holding hands and sharing a secret and working against the bad corporation. And I've actually seen this in a number of, of recent videos. It's really transparent. If you go to the low budget movies where there will be the one character who is always a, a smooth, well-dressed white dude, in, usually in a suit, who represents right. the corporation and is so melodramatically evil that you're like, this This can't be a real person. We are going back to the days of vaudeville. Yes. The, the, the people, are, they're writing melodrama, one-dimensional characters, if that, who are the only aspect of this entire person is that they are evil at every possible step, even when it's against their own interests. Yeah. You, okay. You well, yeah, that, that's our villain to have the right. You expect them to have the black twirly mustache and that yeah. snadly whiplash. What was, uh, you know, let's go back. Yeah, I've to definitely seen that because, you know, I have the, the tendency when I'm doing something else, when I'm coding or whatever, I'll just put a movie on. And it, low budget movies are the best, especially disaster porn, because they'll have the occasional explosion I look over at, but I can safely ignore the dialogue because it's all awful. And I've seen a lot of these movies recently, and you're definitely onto something. These things are terrible because they don't know how to write characters anymore. Yes. So Neil Gaiman, I think, hit it right on the nose. And DigiGuru points out, yeah, think Archie Bunker and Meathead. Yeah, they don't write those kind of characters anymore. Because they might have an honest conversation about what's going on, and nobody wants that. See, it reinforces my my assertion that peak cinema happened sometime in the '90s. With uh, you know, even when all the action movies they started writing the the noble antihero, which was uh, a deep character who was genuinely a total douchebag, but had that little streak of honorability that came through in the end. You can't do that with a one dimensional melodramatic character, right? Yeah, I mean, it takes that a little more became finesse. pretty damn formulaic, but still. Yeah, it takes a little more finesse to be able to write that. And the, the writers today just don't seem to have that same kind and, of finesse. Yeah. Progo says first two or three seasons of Star Trek TNG had a no conflict rule. You know where that came from? That was Roddenberry. As soon as he kicked off, they started writing real plots. I'm not kidding. 
I don't want to say bad about the guy, but he he was a great visionary and an excellent socialist. He wasn't that great at writing drama plots. Well, yeah, the concept that you're going to have utopia and everybody's just going to get along is so far out of the human condition, even if we figure out the big things, because even if you figure out, okay, nobody's going to be starving. That's great. Everybody has housing. That's great. Everybody has the money that they need to buy whatever they want. That's great. And Digi Guru knows where I'm going with this because still with all of that, not everybody gets to fuck Adriano Lima. And that is where the conflict would come from. So it doesn't matter. And, yeah. And yet we can try and that could be yes. a source of conflict too. Exactly. Well, that's it. Neil Gaiman's like, well, if you want to guarantee conflict in a story, have two characters who what they each want is the exact opposite of each other. And there's only one winner and one loser. You're going to have conflict. Yeah. And it's a very simple concept, but he's absolutely right. But it's it's the same story that's as old as humanity because it gets told over and over again because it reflects the human condition. Yes. And that's not going to change. Even if you get so close to utopia, there are still going to be things. It just changes to something else. The needs change. We go back and we see what the needs of a human being were. 500 years ago, 100 years ago today, they are different things. Now you just need a cell tower. I mean, that's the biggest problem today is, oh, my God, I can't get cell service. They didn't have that 100 years ago. I mean, believe it or not, kids well, growing up today. They didn't need cell service either because they didn't have phones. They, well, they didn't have cells. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had cells, but they didn't have those kind of cells. Yeah. But they had the cells that you might be put in, but you didn't want to be there. Uh-huh. But it's very interesting when you look at that. It's like, it, it, no matter how far you move the bar, there's always going to be some kind of conflict because people are going to disagree about something, how something's done, what they want. And the millenniums, I guess, uh, are, are the ones that don't like conflict. Maybe after that, is it the, uh, the Zoomers, well, too, it, that... Uh, it, it, it is anybody who... Their their formative years were sent spent in a public school that had zero tolerance and everybody gets a trophy policies. Yeah, because, well, yeah those trophies, you know, uh, you know, oh, there's no winning. <laughs> we don't like to foster a competitive atmosphere. I mean, the White Sox here in Chicago are doing that concept this year. Yeah, there's there's, no, there's winning. no winning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're doing it in a little different way. Did, did, there's a lot that, of losing. Is everybody hugging and sharing a secret? <laughs> they better be because that's about all they got going for them. Oh, I went to, and I, I, this isn't a very interesting thing because I'm not super grumpy about it. In fact, I was pretty happy, but, uh, I went to a football game this weekend. Nice. What level here are we talking now? Uh, XFL. Oh, that's the new, like, we're going to show the NFL how it's done league. Yeah. And I, I will tell you, um, it, after some of the, the pomp and bullshit and wokeness of the NFL, it was really quite satisfying to go to a game where they seem to prioritize the game on the field and not the screens and the TV timeouts. And, you know, they, they, they were actually talking about the game over the PA system instead of endlessly giving us ads like you would get in the NFL. I, it was, it was kind of refreshing. And also the good guys won the, the Seattle sea dragons. I think the they're called good guys. 
well, the the team I was expected to root for. Ah. Uh, the Seattle Sea Dragons uh, succeeded over the Las Vegas Vipers. Venom, Las Vegas something. Now, I saw commercials for this league because, you know, I watch NASCAR now. That's about the only time I'm watching television to see commercials. And I noticed they were showing cheerleaders. Did they dare have that old, that old standby? Yeah, they had cheerleaders on the field. I, really? I mean, actual female cheerleaders in like cute outfits and they're jumping uh, around the and front, stuff? From the distance I was sitting, which <laughs> admittedly was. <laughs> they're all cute from that distance. Yeah, well, from the distance of the distance I was sitting, I was about row H in the front row. Our, our actual seats were about six rows back, but in the end zone, which meant that whenever someone was in that one red zone, we got great views. Uh, but halfway through the game, when they were playing way off in the other end, because our team was just crushing them and they were on the other end of the stadium, Yeah, they're literally a hundred yards away. We got up and moved to the 50 yard line because that's also possible because there were maybe 10, 15,000 people in this whole stadium. So there was in, a, few in a empty stadium seats. built for 80. Yeah. Yeah. But that's nice. You can sit wherever but, you want. Yeah. I, it, it, you know what it felt like? It felt like going to a minor league baseball game. Cause, uh, you know, my, the, there's a stadium here in this city where, uh, that the single a team plays and you'll get a, a game. Their stadium only holds maybe 3000 people and you'll get games where there's a thousand spectators period. And you can be right up in the action. You can actually see the expression on the pitcher's face, which is not something I ever got in MLB. So I don't know. I like, I like minor league and I'm starting. I, I didn't had no idea before this weekend. Bemlet invited me that the XFL was a thing. And I, I was pretty pumped about being able to see a football game for the sport. Right. You know, one of the main reasons I've abandoned all forms of professional sports ball is that the sport is is like the 12th priority behind uh, advertisers and getting you to part with your money and the pomp and the circumstances and the digital hydroplane races put on the board that right. and it's well and the nice thing is it doesn't matter what level you're seeing say of baseball it's competitive because the teams are at the same level yes and even though a single well, a pitcher seems you'd be like, well, I could hit that guy. Then you see they're still throwing 90, 100 miles an hour. And you're like, oh, shit. Uh, from the uh, yeah, I will tell you the big difference between single a ball and major league curveballs. Uh, what curveballs? No. Well, that that might be, too. I didn't see a lot of those. But no, um, uh, let's just say, you know, how at the, on the scoreboard, there's the, the three slots for each team at the very end of the scoreboard runs, hits and errors. Right. Uh, in single A, the third one generally is more than the sum of every other number on the board. <laughs> nice. That's where they're learning the basics. Yeah. And they don't have them down yet. No, but it's still entertaining. And the XFL, yeah. I'm guessing, is kind of like a triple A feeder for the NFL. That's uh, I mean, you know, these are real players They're, I guess triple A is a very good, a very good estimate because. There's a lot of players here who were in the NFL and then left for one reason or another, often because they weren't good enough to make that kind of money. I'm mean, obviously these players in the XFL are not making that kind of money. I don't care. They were playing good football and I, I got to, you know, I was, there was a few enough people in the stadium. I was close enough to be able to see the plays without having to be staring up at the monitor. Uh, the, the game was not stopped for six minutes. 
for TV an ad break out, inexplicitly. Right. Um, they, it goes back to the reason why I liked sports and I was pleased with that competition. That's what it should be about fun. And this all goes back. As you said, everybody gets a trophy and then nobody wins. Yeah. Nobody well, or, wins. or every, everybody wins and therefore winning is, is useless or pointless. Right. Wouldn't that be great at the end of the game, no matter what the score was on the scoreboard, they're like, well, Oh, we're going to give them the points. Cause it's a tie. Yay. Isn't that how NASCAR works? Kind of. Sometimes <laughs> they seem to change the rules at their, at their whim and the drivers don't like it. It's interesting because NASCAR is a slightly different way that everything gets run. You know, when you go down to a, you know, baseball or football team, it's like, yeah, it's possible that the players could strike, but there is a, you know, a different kind of a connection. Not, not in single A, they can't throw strikes. Well, no, that's, that Uh-oh. may be the case in NASCAR. <laughs> they were just having some disagreements where they had a meeting scheduled for all of the owners because NASCAR has got, you know, on their top level, because there are multi-car teams. There's probably like 20 owners or 15 owners to fill out the 36 teams that go out there and race. And they had NASCAR called a meeting and none of the owners showed up because they were so pissed at something NASCAR did, which I thought was kind of interesting because those people that own the race teams in any other sport, they don't have the same kind of control. Whereas if NASCAR really pissed those folks off enough, yeah. they could just go, well, we're starting our own fucking league. If, if you go to NFL or MLB, the, the corporate office in New York city or wherever the hell it is, they lay down the law for everything everywhere. And even the team owners are like, well, you you only have a team because we say you can. That's yeah. We can take it away. The dude was that in L.A. that lost yeah. his franchise because he dared to be woke or not woke or something. Yeah, he 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 did something that his overlords wouldn't allow. Yeah, again, We're, centralized versus decentralized. Uh-huh. The NASCAR owners are decentralized. Uh huh. And it wouldn't if, take much to be like, well, it's not hard to if, find if somebody you, with a racetrack we can drive on. Yeah. If you piss them all off, they go. They take their ball and go elsewhere. Now, at the same time, if you only piss half of them off, then maybe you can run a race with half of them. And that's also a bonus of decentralized. And then, and you then get the to... unreasonable ones come back to the table. Yes. Depends where the money is. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Just like in golf with the LIV uh, tour that's out of the Saudi back thing. And, oh, it's horrible. Like, really? It's it's capitalism. It's where the that's money horrible. is. I know. Well, that's exactly why people think it's horrible because of the wokeness. But we are not woke here. And we actually do have a few people to thank for today's I show. I tried once. Did you? How did it go? It didn't work. Didn't 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 work. Didn't check. Didn't take. Didn't take. It just just kept trying. On maybe we need electroshock therapy. I really, I, I I was trying to trying to be as woke as I could so that I could go you know troll phone boy or something. It didn't work. I was they couldn't keep a straight face. I mean, if the Saudis like, would like to buy grumpy old Ben's, I mean, we could start at a million bucks. See where it goes. I when I tried, I I couldn't pass the stupid test. You keep trying. You'll get there. Don't worry I, I about need it. A, Bemrose needs more liquor. <laughs> that was a great was, opening. That was something I said on the last show. And I've seen two different shows already. Just pull it out and start using it all the time. Okay. So, I mean, it has to be the, uh, the hog story. And that's, uh, that's the new ISO. Is it cold acid? And uh, are they using it? I'm not going to say rare encounter. Maybe. I'm not going to say people are going to go to those shows and demand that I start drinking more. <laughs> 
and you have a problem with which part of that? I uh, you know, not really. You know, let me let me get back to you. I mean, this is where, you know, Gene's buddies that have the YouTube channel, the whiskey guys out of Austin. And he backed them when they started out that I don't know why, although I would be dead and you would probably by now, I don't know why we didn't think of that concept because along with like donations and keeping the whole thing going every week, people send them whiskey and other alcohol. And it's like, well, that's a good deal. Well, it would be a good deal, but theoretically we chose a better because why are why are people listening to this show not constantly sending us devices, right? Hardware, and new computers, yeah, laptops, the whiskey tribe. Yes, thank you. Yeah, sir. Net, net. Send, send send Darren an iPad. He's into that sort of thing. Yeah, I need a new one, man. Mine is old. I need a new one. Everything new would be better. They may be getting cheaper because it seems like Apple overestimated how many of their devices were going to sell now that COVID and all this stuff is gone. Well, allegedly it was <laughs> yes. here in the first As, place. If, if it were over there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that That's not a rant we need to get into right now. No, because we are a value for value podcast. We put them out there. There's no paywall. You get to listen to them. And if you have received any value out of the show whatsoever, you can put a number on it. It could be a cute number. It can mean something to you. It could be something that we can't figure out. Like one of the ones we got today, because I'm still trying to decipher it, but it all works out. Just go over to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate and all of the information will be there. And I should have pulled out because we got we have some uh, music for for this because our buddy, the one and only guru of Grumpy Old Benz coming through again today. Wow. Jay Finley, guru of Buckeye or is it guru Walkman of Buckeye? There's so many different titles he has. It's hard. I know he's a Duke over on that other little show that runs on the no agenda stream. He is an amazing human being that we are all better for knowing, but he was like, Hey, I, where's, where can I get that? When, where, when Dvorak's chair gently squeak song. And I saw that and I pulled out and I, I put it up on the grumpy old Ben you, server and sent him a you've link. Got an, you've got an in on the guy who made it. Don't you? Exactly. And I'm like, I put it out there before, but it gets buried, especially on no agenda social. So I sent him the link and right after that, he sent grumpy old Ben's a hundred bucks. I'm like, I don't know what Bemrose did with the, where the chair gently squeaks, but that's okay. It keeps this I, little show my, going. My chair only squeaks when there's a cat in it. And I don't notice before I sit down. You're right. That's more like screeching. And then you'll be screaming because of the bleeding going on after the cat claws you to, uh, to remove you from its, uh, general vicinity. But thank you, Guru Walkman. A hundred bucks for Grumpy Old Benz. Hey, everybody out there, be more like Guru Walkman. Now, very close to Guru Walkman, I got a very suspicious looking envelope in the mail. And it was from no address, just a town. And the name is What Me Worry, W O T M I W U R I, which I think is a great name. He came in with a postal money order, which is also that wow. is the next best thing. This is dedication to being anonymous. Yes. This is the next best thing to just put in cash in the mail is you go to the postal money order. You send that and included is a typed out 
letter. Some people want to send blankets and water. Yeah, we, that, that won't fit in the P.O. box. It's not one of the big ones anymore. So you just send your just send your postal money orders in cash or diamonds are good. Gold. That'll work, too. I mean, we'll figure out a way if it's gold. We'll fit it in the box. Drop some Bitcoin in an envelope. Yeah, then just send me the uh, the little wallet. That would be fine, too. Along with the 24 word recovery phrase in order to (laughs) get the funds off the wallet. It's it's super easy. Nothing to worry about. But a paper letter. Wow. I know. It says placing my bets and then bets is crossed out and it says donations. Now, this is where I'm like, I'm kind of confused. I think what we sounds like he's suggesting that it's a gamble to donate to our show. And it may be. And it may be and other shows because this is where it got confusing, which is why I'm putting down on the grumpy old Ben's number here at 8333 because it was a $200 money order. And the verbiage says 50 bucks on the angry ace. I think that's you. Okay. I think you're the angry ace. I'm more of a joker, but I'll take it. This is, I will not argue with that. And then it says 50 bucks on the red King. And then even though he doesn't want it. So that has to be Gene. That's yeah. <laughs> 50 bucks on the red King. He doesn't want it. And then except Gene might be Russian, which is probably where the red comes from. But yes. He's pretty far from a communist. That's true. That's true. <laughs> red Russian King. You never know. And a hundred bucks on the one eye Jack. I'm, I'm not going to have to say that's a hard one to figure have, out. Well, have I, you have you counted Larry's eyes lately? No, that's true. I mean, every all of his. Uh, the only thing I've seen Larry's face on is his podcast art. And he's always wearing those sunglasses. How many eyes does he really have? We're not sure. He is a man of mystery. But that was the intriguing thing here. Now, the next line was now make that new Asus router hum. It is as we speak. I mean, not actually humming because then there would be an electrical problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be like, get this thing out of here. Uh, it says, thanks for some great entertainment slash info. What me worry. And then P.S. Downloading grumpy old Ben's or random thoughts using Firefox gives a scary warning. I'm like, yeah, I think that is that we never set that no, up to be using uh, Firefox gives a scary warning. Right. It's like, don't do it. They they don't like, have a, they don't have one of them uh, certificates. So. Like, I, I don't know. I've seen I've seen a lot of sites. It's like, welcome to the Internet made for Google Chrome. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, Firefox gets very scared if you don't have a certificate and they want yes. to do HD. They want to force everything to be HTTPS. But I just wanted to suggest to what me worry. I want to make him aware of Planet Rage because the donations came in for unrelenting grumpy old Ben's. And random thoughts. I'm like, you're keeping Larry out of this. Wow. I mean, I thought the it, show with Larry was everybody's favorite. Uh, it, it is. And that has nothing to do with you. This is true. <laughs> I agree. I just get to show up and listen maybe, to it. Maybe right there firsthand. was a separate. Maybe there was a separate donation to Larry. That could be. Maybe. Now, since or he maybe, said. Maybe you were supposed to give the whole thing to Larry. That's right. I'll do that. It'll make the, the taxes a lot easier. Right. I'm just going to cash this, get 50 bucks cash and send it to you and see if it gets there. If not, I mean, I can't really be blamed for anything, of course. But that's why I had to put grumpy old Ben's down because it's like it was for the three shows 
And he said a hundred bucks for the one eyed Jack. So I'm like, well, that would be thirty three thirty three for random thoughts. Grumpy old Actually, you're the one eyed Jack. Right. Unrelenting. I just realized that. Sorry. Yes. Oh, okay. You just I'm, figured I'm a little that. behind. <laughs> like as, as I'm reading all of this with one eye closed, I'm like, thanks for yeah. uh, pointing that out, dude. <laughs> But that's why I'm like, well, this this isn't really a hundred for this show because he said give fifty to Bemrose, but then a hundred was split between the three shows. I think you're making like me you do math. math. This. I know, but uh, yeah, this sounds like the kind of thing we do in the back office. This is the I. All I would suggest is any we thank you, what me worry for the donations. Yes. Make it clear what goes to each show, so I don't have to do math. I I am. Um, <laughs> And and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm always in favor of receiving money. Uh, but if you're supporting podcasting, that's probably the best thing you could do because growing this whole pie is the best way to make this stuff succeed. I like cherry pie. No, not that one. No. Stifler. <laughs> well, no, not that cherry pie. <laughs> not that cherry pie at all. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley coming in with his monthly twenty five bucks. I just sent him a rock and roll pre-show mug. He didn't ask for one, but I'm like, sir, Sean of the Allegheny Valley, he needs a mug. Even if he just wants to throw it against the wall, that's fine. He is one of the, like Jay Finley, those two guys have kept a bunch of podcasts afloat. Very much appreciated. Patron saints. Alexander Harrington. I think this is a first time donation on this one. 20 bucks. I don't remember the name. I could be wrong. But no note I with it. I think I know who that is, but I don't know if I want to attach it to the. Yeah, you don't want to. to. You don't want to out them. You know, and that's why we always put in there. I think there's a I think there's a little space for all the donations that you can put if you want it to be attributed to somebody else to do that. And then we did after the last show after listening, because you can tell now it's nice when uh, get Alby. Although I was just recommending to them some changes, but I could see that it was the last episode at two hours, 10 minutes and 30 seconds, which may be at the end. That seems like that was about as far as we went last time. Marie N boosted 50,000 Satoshis, which today I looked it up. That's like $14 and 88 cents. The Bitcoin stuff going up again. Yeah. And, and then Marie N informed me that my node wasn't working. Oh, and he's like, well, you don't get your part of it, dude. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what is going on every single time. I think I fixed the stupid thing. Like I had people yesterday after I'm like, oh yeah, I got big channels. Everything should be working. And then I get a report as soon as I finish angry tech news going, Hey, I tried to boost you 50,000 and it said that you don't have the enough liquidity. I'm like, I, I how does this lightning thing work? I don't know. So I'm not going to pretend that I do. I do know that with Albi, you can also attach it to your node, which I'm thinking maybe even though Albi might be taking a little percentage somewhere that you would stop having those problems where you could have your node, but use Albi as the middleman where everything will go to the Albi until it's able to get to your final destination, which would at least make anybody trying to send you money able to send you money. I think things would be easier on me to do that. But the reason why I want to force this through, and I know that I'm doing lightning network in hard mode, but I remain committed to decentralization. I remain committed to people should be able to run their own nodes. And at this point, the service that I am providing to anybody listening to the sound of my voice, who might be thinking about getting a node 
is explaining to you just how much I'm having to bang my head into the wall, getting this thing working and exactly all of the problems I'm running into for the purpose of hopefully allowing you to avoid those problems so that you can run headlong into other ones. Well, and that's the big part of it. It's not a simple thing and it's definitely not set it and forget it. You have to stay on top of it to know yeah, I'm figuring that out. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's how like, long well, have I had this note open a year. Yeah. And for smaller amounts, it was great. And then it stopped at some point for whatever reason it is. Uh, it's hard to figure out at times. It is hard to figure out at times, which is why it's always easier to let a third party do it until the third party disappears. And then that looks like yeah. bad advice too. Yeah. It's, it's a really great to have all of your stuff managed centrally right up until you lose all control over it. <laughs> this is true. But and Murray, fortunately, boosted. fortunately we can't think of any centralized systems that have decided to remove your, your control or agency recently other and, than every social network and every, uh, uh, okay. And I think Murray's message, the boostagram says everything we need to know about our mind controlling abilities here on grumpy old men's because the boostergram says I listened to this show on the road and couldn't boost at the time. I can't remember what the show was about, but great show. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's me. As soon as I sign off as well, you're like, wait, what did we talk about? I have no idea. I'm like, I know that we just rocked that, but I, I have got it out of my brain. This is why I have a notes file. I can close the notes file at the end of the show and be like, eh, we're done. This is how and we then, keep everything so fresh. And the only reason I don't delete the file entirely is that the next week when I'm writing up my notes, I might want to go back and say, ha, we already talked about this, which we often do. It won't keep us from talking about it again. No, because we don't know who was listening the first time. Yeah. Like whether or not I was exactly Ed Zachary, as they say, let's see uh, anything here. Lavish came in. Twitter is gay boost. It looks like this came in during. Yes, I read that somewhere during this episode here, which uh, is a beautiful thing. Just going into get Albie. I sent them a message over on no agenda social because they have a very nice dashboard and it shows you what the latest Satoshi's that came in and including in that is NetNet also just sent one that says you want conflict. Java is the best programming language ever. So you can, you can argue with him about that if you'd like. Uh, in NetNet, you're wrong. See, there you go. But I think he knows that. The, I think he's trolling. That was 7777 uh, from, coming in. For, from a guy who knows trolling, I think that was trolling. Yes. Now, the one thing I would like on the interface uh, for there's, Get LB, there's one more. Which is, I see, I don't have anything else. Those are oh. all I've got. Uh, I have one, let's see, 36 that came in 94 seconds ago. Oh, well, that uh, may be why. From Curtis Peterson. Uh, 20,000 sats saying sheepishly donating to apologizing for blowing up Ryan's inbox last week. No, do that as much as you want. Yes, please do. And that just showed up here as well. That's a beautiful thing. Get Al, but you just have to refresh. You got to refresh. Yes. And, and Curtis, uh, we are, uh, uh, we, we, myself and, uh, the, the lightning guru that I engage on the back end and waste a lot of his time trying to figure these things out. Sir Spencer. Also known as Sir Spencer, yeah. who is amazing. Um, well, we obviously not so amazing because your thing keeps getting blocked up. Yeah. Well, we're, we're working our way through it. He and I are both learning at almost the same rate, which is 
uh, it should tell you something about lightning and also about how awesome he is. Yes. He knows his stuff. Yeah. He knows his stuff. Now, what I suggested to the nice folks over at Albie is in this beautiful dashboard, there is no way to filter the results. So you, I would like, here's two things I would like one, a way to just pull up the boosts that have messages. But I would also just like to be able to set a threshold because there are folks who are listening along, including Dale Jr. right now, not that Dale Jr. I asked that is sending us nine Satoshis a minute. And that fills up that stream really quickly. And if well, that you, you need to, but that's, you need to filter the boost from the streaming. Well, this is it. That's another thing that I would like and get LB get on that. Cause that would make this a much more useful interface. Cause there are third party interfaces that are trying to do it, but why this is, that would seem to be a very easy thing to add a filter that says only I mean, show I, things over, you know, 20 Satoshis or whatever. I, I have a first party interface that does that. See, there you to go. Say that, that I literally wrote it myself and uh, I give it to you, but you don't run your own node. So it's not going to be as useful to you. Right. You got to run it on the get LB node. And, and it's, it's a command line. Uh, so I actually run a command every time I want to check and it goes and says all these were new and I can run the command and say, and just filter by boost filter by show. Cause I have at least two shows that I get boosts from um, filter by person. I can even, I can filter by any field. I can even filter by which app you used. That's nice. That is nice. For example, let's see uh, if I run it and filter by app. Uh, oh, I have. There's one in my recents from Boost CLI from uh, Booberry to a different show. It says, OMFG, that was it. I needed new macaroos. Ah, oh, fuck, it's going to fucking fold. That I have no like idea Boo. what that means. Yeah, well, that's Booberry. You don't have to know what he's talking about <laughs> to know that you should listen to his show called Behind the Squeams. He does that with uh, the California kid, Lavash. That guy's good. They, they, they know their stuff. I don't know what their stuff is. I don't know their stuff, but they do. But they certainly know it. All right. But get in on the podcasting 2.0 fund by going to nudepodcastapps.com. We thank Murray N. Alexander, Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, What Me Worry, and of course, Guru Finley for checking in with us once again. It's been a little while, but he's still at the top of that leaderboard. We thought cold acid was going to catch him. But then cold acid went MIA and now he's just in his yeah, little right raring. about the time that you started constantly talking crap about his show all the time. Was that it? So do I'm I, pretty sure that was it. Let me try this, man. I love rare encounter. I love being a anime incel who never gets any. Was somebody that, I saw that <laughs> was that uh, was that a good commercial? Uh, oh, yeah. We're going to hear that one played. Will we? Uh, but not a, but not on rare encounter. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be played somewhere and uh, i mean i felt really bad yesterday i saw that uh, our we'll, buddy we'll Chris, make it a, <laughs> we'll make it a sweeper for the no agenda stream just between each podcast yes and uh, support abs in a six-pack man was totally bummed do you see that chris's dad passed away sir sir oh, seat sitter did not know that that's yeah. unfortunate you know everybody happens to everybody eventually but you're never ready for it and uh it's always oh. a bad time. So we got our thoughts and our prayers with him and we send our hearts out and support his show and give him we some got, support. We got a very late boost. Any way you can. Uh, oh, well, who's not? Boost, is it boost Lavish? Bot is not in, but fortunately we have trolls telling us um, 
This boost came from Fountain using the NA Millennial app. Oh no, the other way around. I was going to say, when, where did he? When did he become an app? <laughs> Have you listened to his show? Not knowingly. <laughs> with uh, the it was one two three four five sats with the message erect chin pills. What is? I don't even know. What does that mean? I don't know. This is this this is definitely a message. We just there's a sleeper cell that just shot into. Yeah. I feel like gear. he just activated some sleeper agents. Uh huh. <laughs> we do not want to know what that means, but thank you. No agenda millennial. He does. He has a little show that he does and he's the guy every day. I mean, it's probably automated, but every day on no agenda social, he's always telling people what's coming up on the stream and that's appreciated. It's a beautiful thing to let people know what's coming up live on the mighty live. no agenda stream. Yeah. Cause if you ain't doing it live, you ain't doing it at all. Live, 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 coming up live on the No Agenda stream. There are so many choices for an ISO for this show now. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a question of if you want to be offensive or if you want to be funny. Yes. And yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. That's the answer. <laughs> that is always the answer that you will get right here on Grumpy Old Ben's. What else you got in your notes? Anything? What else I got? Uh, There's always something. Um, well, you, you might have more about this story than I do. Police raid the Mulvad offices. Oh, I did not even see that. Oh, well, I got it from the verge and I feel bad about that. But, uh, Mulvad is, uh, they are based in Sweden or maybe this is just their office in Sweden. I believe they're based there. I think that is where you send your money, cash money. They don't want money orders or that. That's where you send it in an envelope. If you want to be really anonymous. So for the uh, the first time that they've been raided in 14 years of operation, uh, the Swedish police, uh, I'm, I, I don't know if the Swedish police is what they're called or if it was a local, but um, police came in, raided the offices and uh, they had a warrant saying that they were looking for some very specific user data. And the people in the office threw their hands up and said, Anything I can get you, go ahead and check. And they went in, they scanned the offices, they searched, they uh, seized some computers and ended up giving them back a few hours later. They were searching for some user data for some case that somebody used a VPN for something. Surprise. They found nothing. Nice. Why? Because Mulvad does not store user data. They say that. I guess this is proof. This is a great commercial then for Mulvad. Yeah, this is a great plug for Mulvad, and I don't mind making it. It's like they walk in, like, give us everything you got. All right. That's it. That's all we got. We got nothing. I mean, we can give you a coffee. I mean, you made the trip and all. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, well, the you know, if you guys are going to be here, uh, what can we do? We got donuts. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. You guys want a coupon for cheap VPN? Yeah, you want a free month? You're, you'll show you how <laughs> safe your traffic will be. We don't keep logs. We don't store user data. Yeah. So the the cops were forced to go away empty-handed because there was no user data to find. And this is and- why we have governments like we have that don't understand the technology. But I guarantee you things like VPNs will be on the list of things to ban sooner rather than later because they know they can't control it. Especially when VPNs start doing awful things like not keeping user data, like anybody, I don't know. 
have I ever given my rant about how KYC is pretty much the worst development in capitalism in the last 30 years? I don't think so. Oh, well, let's just assume that I made the rant that you pretty much got the gist of it. Um, KYC pretty much eliminates one of the things that's actually quite important uh, in capitalism, which is that there is a in order for the free market to function correctly, um, you need for customers to be relatively interchangeable so that if a deal falls through and you don't, you know, you, you don't, the value doesn't hold up for one customer, then the free markets holds that in order for capitalism to function, another customer will usually step in and want to make the same deal or something like it, or ultimately you change the deal, et cetera. It's the, the economics of the situation, free market economics pretty much requires that people be able to jump in and out of the market freely. And KYC is a way of pinning people down and making it harder, introducing friction into uh, people going in and out. If effectively, what I'm getting at is that anonymity is absolutely critical for free expression of all types. And that includes free marketing, free market. And even if you want to go, don't want to go deep into philosophy uh, KYC is also a requirement on companies that is completely orthogonal to and detracts from the root purpose of a company, which is provide goods and services in exchange for money. Um, everything about trying to learn the, the credit score of somebody that, that pays you money is completely unnecessary. If all you're trying to do is sell them something. So, uh, you know, I should just prepare a, a full-blown essay on why KYC is awful, but um, I'm not going to do it right now. But this is where, again, this is where people will say, well, what do you need a VPN for? Are you doing something illegal? Maybe. None of your fucking business. <laughs> right. That's the answer. It's like, I don't have to be. But, but when, and, and, and you're, you're describing the nothing to hide argument, which right. is classic. And, uh, and it is always a tool of anybody trying to uh, prop up an authoritarian uh, position. The best defense I have seen against the nothing to hide argument is, uh, I need privacy, not because my motives are suspect, but because yours are. Yes. And I want to be able to exist in a yeah. world where I can interact with this I, digital landscape without leading it right back to my door. I, I am not, I, I need my privacy. And the reason has to do with, has nothing to do with whether or not I'm trustworthy. It has everything to do with, I can't trust you with that information. That's, right. that's my argument against the nothing to hide. And I saw an article. I can pull it probably again for next week, or I don't think the actual name is important. There is a, reverse image search out there that is a pay for play that you can only use if you pay for it but it sounded like their database is wide and this leads us to something we've probably touched on before but just like i don't want when you have a vpn because you don't want what you're doing on the internet to come right back to your front door with search engines like this that somebody can see you walking down the street sitting at a restaurant sitting at a ball game all they need is a picture of your face and this service will then match it up 
I mean, they say it's only for personal use, of course, because, you know, this is just, to, you know, as you, Sir yeah. Bembrose, to make sure that your image isn't being used anywhere online. But, you it's, know, it's only so that I can personally imp, uh, impersonate your identity and drain all your bank accounts. Right. But this That's is only, I mean, you, 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 you're not allowed by their terms of service to upload photos of other people. But what do you think the odds are of uh, <laughs> that being in four star? What, what about photos of people who don't exist? Well, that. See, now that's how you know they don't exist because you upload them to something like this and it's like, nope, no footprint. I mean, that would one be a good <laughs> yeah. way to figure it out. But yeah. this, they've actually got a category that like you upload a picture and it's like this person either doesn't exist or it's Sir Bemrose. Yes. Or their CIA actual uh, undercover yeah. who uh, everything has been scrubbed. <laughs> but this is <laughs> that, very that would be that would be a category. They're like, OK, person's footprint is glowing. Uh huh. Well, this is something that, again, if I had children, that I would be so scared that you have a daughter that's just out, you know, at the beach. Somebody takes a picture of her. Boom. Now you have all of her social media accounts. You know where she lives, everything else. It's scary stuff that the ability is there to instantaneously do these kind of searches based on the facial recognition technology, which is something else that the government didn't try to get involved in until it was way too far down the road. And then it's like, again, genie out of the bottle, assholes. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you can't uninvent technology. No. There's lots and lots of people who want to and lots of people who attempt to with disastrous results, but it's never worked. So now you live in a world where anybody that can get a picture of you is able to track. the, The world is a scary place. Protect your kids. Yes. And this is another reason why for the parents that think it's no big deal when their kids are constantly posting videos to TikTok or pictures to Instagram or whatever the platform may be. The platform is irrelevant. There are issues with each platform, maybe a little bit different from each other, but this is still going to lead to a privacy nightmare where anybody that can get a photo of your kid, the more they're on the internet, the more trackable they're going to be. And if they have a ton of photos and videos, you're going to have people showing up at your door like the one dad did the with the TikTok daughter. You know, this deranged stalker with a shotgun showed up at their front door. It's going to start happening more and more because the technology is getting there to where it's so easy. This is impossible. You can't just go on at the beginning of all of this. You could go on Instagram and use a fake name and nobody would be able to find you. Now, yes. not so much. Grumpy old Ben life tip. If a deranged stalker with a shotgun is going to show up at your front door, make sure it's you. Yeah. Well, or make sure your shotgun is even bigger. Yeah. To take care of that problem. I'm just saying if, if someone is going to be standing in your doorway with a shotgun, you make sure it's you. Yes. Yeah. And if more than one one person brings a shotgun, be the last one standing. Right. You got to be the last (laughs) one standing. You got, I was watching some, uh, because again, I'm getting desperate on, on YouTube, uh, some Navy ex, and I don't know if this is even that platform. I know. I I believe this was an ex Navy seal. If, if not, he at least plays the part showing like what to do to defend your house. Like if somebody comes to your door that you don't know, you know how to get to the side, you know, here, you always, of course you always have to have your gun on your hip because that makes sense. And you know, again, a lot of people don't think about this kind of stuff 
when they open the door, it's like, hey, what's going on? And then somebody is just barging right in and then it's too late. It's a different world. You got to be ready for anything, especially now that somebody could just take a photo of you. And even worse than that, because that at least you have to have the happenstance of you being at the same place. Maybe you're at the grocery store when the stalker sees you. Well, now they just have to see you on Instagram. So the bigger you become on Instagram or TikTok, boom, you got yourself some stalkers. Grocery store, always very dangerous. It is. Well, it depends what area you're in. That's why they're closing (laughs) down left and right. Oh, well, my my local grocery store recently instituted a policy. They they know no Bemrose. Well, no. Well, that that'd be a good policy, but they haven't figured that one out yet. No, for the for as long as I've lived here, there's two main entrances, one on the left and the right. And uh, the one on the right is now permanently sealed. Really? Put a bunch of displays in front of it. They don't want people in and they have a security guard posted out of the one on the left now. Oh, so this is how bad the shoplifting has become. Yeah, it's it's a bit. And, uh, you know, it was it was a year and a half, two years ago that they uh, they took their entire liquor aisle and put it into locked cases. If you want liquor, you've got to push a button and it announces over the store's PA and a very exhausted and frustrated looking clerk who was probably doing something else has to come out and select the liquor for you. And then they don't even hand it to you. They take it up to the cashier and it'll be there at the cashier. So when you're checking out, you say, Oh, and I bought that. Right. That only happens in the liquor store here if you're buying something that's like 200 bucks or more and not on the shelf. Oh, they do this with the bottom shelf $7 half gallon of vodka now. Nice. Hey, uh, uh, Sir Bemrose is here for his uh, two yeah. buck truck. <laughs> Maybe it's just for me. Maybe. Are you, wait, are you uh, are you showing up with the open robe? I mean, that could and some Crocs on the feet, and uh, um, it. I, I mean, pajamas and shirtless, maybe. It, it depends. <laughs> if anybody feeling, can get a picture of that, we'll yeah. pay. There's a bounty feeling on cute. that one. <laughs> we will pay a big bounty on that one. Oh, I had one more story I wanted to bring. Um, because you're gonna like this one. Uh, what is this one? Uh, Imager has a good run. No, that no, not the Imager. Uh, although the imager one is, is fun. Uh, imager has decided that they they're done being relevant. They had a good run, but they're, they're finished with it. They have uh, changed their terms of service to ban all porn. Oh, I was going to say, this is the upload anything you want kind of a thing, which used to be it, big. It, it for was the, for years and years. Yeah. For bulletin I, boards. Admittedly, the beginning of the end for imager was when Reddit started hosting their own videos because imager was created originally by a couple Reddit users. And then, uh, became the de facto way to host images on Reddit for a long time until Reddit started hosting them. Yeah. But another message board kind of thing. I don't know what, it, who uses imager anyway, but I had an account way back in the day and I don't change my email address often enough. So I got an email that said imager has a new terms of service and um, their new terms of service basically says we're not going to allow porn. And I'm like, well, there went the last o- reason I ever had to use their service. But anyway, um, no, uh, this story came from, let's see, I found it on Market Watch, and then I found a really, really wordy version on Wired. Uh, security firm ESET from Slovakia, I'm not sure if that means anything, presented at the RSA conference in San Francisco that they, uh, uh, they found, um, okay, here's what they did. They went out and purchased 18 used routers from eBay and other secondhand sellers that had been enterprise or corporate routers. Um, just to analyze what data is on them. So if you buy a used router, what can you find? Right. Um, of the 18, five of them were wiped. 
Two were encrypted, one was dead, one was a clone of the others, but nine of those routers, half. The data was completely intact. What they found on these routers, uh, network topography information, uh, credentials for the organization's VPN, credentials for other secure networks, including third parties, partners, collaborators, um, uh, remote workers, VPN caches, credentials for connecting to internal uh, NASs. Uh, they found hashed root passwords. They found enough identifying data to know the organization that it came from. Um, one router contained full source code. I don't know who the hell is putting all this data on routers, but in the cache of the storage of the router, they found a full source code repository, commit history, and GitHub credentials. Um, two of them directly contained enough customer data to get customer accounts. I mean, was this just like somebody had a mini USB stick in that drive? Because I know like my new router. I, I really don't know. That I, would I, make sense because it's like I read can, this one. I was hoping you'd understand how one puts this much. I, I'm wondering if it's just like just a network cache. Do they have like a one terabyte SSD on each router where they just everything that goes across the Internet is cached there and never deleted? What's going on here? Maybe a commercial router. But me, my guess would be. Like this is what I just threw into my router because you can have it as your own little personal cloud with a USB drive. And of course, you, I don't want another big USB drive sitting there. And I had a little, I think it's a Samsung USB that barely sticks out of it. But, you know, it has 256 gig, uh, gig of storage or something there. So I could see maybe if you were using something like that to for your employees to share data between different workstations and such. But usually routers don't have that kind of storage well, to them. I, I mean, it's worth knowing that uh, that some of the most sensitive stuff, it, like everything that goes in or out of your system is whether it's sensitive or not goes through that router. So it has been there. You would like to think that maybe the router is deleting information, but apparently not all of it. Uh, the, the security firm, they did show at uh, a proof of concept for how to use the data from the router they picked up to either impersonate the organization to someone else or impersonate a user inside. They, you know, made sure to contact the organization, say, Hey, you need to change your passwords and stuff. I, I hope. Um, but uh, yeah, the moral of this story, wipe your routers before you sell them. Yes. ESET's a big, uh, big player in antivirus. They were the go-to before Bitdefender became my number okay. one. The last time I tried it, it was Windows. Well, what year would this have been? Probably 2007, 2008 was the last time I tried to install ESET on a brand new machine. And it immediately just started blue screening and I took it off and everything was fine. And that was the last time I ever tried it. Before then, I was using ESET for years. Okay. So I, we, I wasn't familiar with it, but I believe that. Uh and the one choice quote that I pulled out of the article that, that uh, came from the presentation was uh, one of the security researchers saying, uh, you'd be surprised how many people still base their passwords off their cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you would have a lot of them. Oh, yeah, I'm totally screwed. You just now the thing what you want to do is you uh, just all of my passwords are based on my cats like fucking hairball and go away, you little cretin, you know, passwords like that. <laughs> 
Well, I just thought you had your cat chipped, but it is encrypted so that way nobody could read the chip except you. And that's where all your Bitcoin yeah, yes. is. I installed a one terabyte SSD in my cat so that I can store all of my VPN credentials. On. Well, now wait, is the cat also hosting your lightning node? Is that what the problem is? That might be the problem. Talk about wetware. <laughs> I know. Getting your, if you got a problem, getting your funds out is a whole different story. I uh, see. No, where else are you going to get entertainment like this? Nowhere. Nowhere, I tell you. This Nowhere. Is, this is a very unique show here, which is why you will come back. We're using our uh, mind control. You will come back. You will obey. 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 Now, so you got to do that. That, that it, needed, that needed re- reverb. Well, and you know, I could do reverb, but um, I don't think it'll record it. So there's that. Oh, um, okay. But you just need just it in the Dalek the- voice. Theater of the mind. Everybody listening on your podcast app, pretend. Can you go into the, like, turn on the reverb on your podcast app? Yeah, that would help. You will obey. See, I just prefer, you don't need the reverb. You need the Dalek voice. You just go up a little and go, obey, obey. That's. Obey. Works. Yeah. Obey. Obey, bay. With, that, Ooh, baby, baby. with that said, we will be back. That sounds like a threat, but take it either way. I don't care. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where hunting season is all the time. And from America's left coast, where I'm going to have to try to dry out my wetware. I'm Ryan Pembrose. Use one of Gene's ponchos. <laughs> Live, 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 coming up live on the No Agenda stream.